Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Back in 2003, a guy called Aaron Rolston decided to go on a hike and not tell anyone he was going or where he was going. And in America, he went to a national park and he went to an area with lots of uh, rock canyons, some of them quite narrow, climbed up to the top of a mountain. On his way back down, uh, somehow a a 360-kilo boulder was dislodged. It came tumbling down, smashed his left hand and then trapped his right wrist up against the wall of one of the rocks, jammed, wedged in there. They know it was 362 kilos because it took 13 guys and a hydraulic winch to get that rock out later to free the the hand. And uh, so he was trapped there and all he could do was wait. He was in excruciating pain. He was in agony. Uh, He went in and out of uh, hallucinating and delirium and he was hoping that maybe somebody would come off this beaten track and find him and help him. He would, he would have needed 13 guys and a hydraulic winch, but he didn't know that. He tried to get his hand out, and for a day and a half, two days, three days, four days, five days, and now he woke up on that morning. <clears throat> he'd run out of all the, the little bottle of water that he'd been sipping. He'd run out of all his snack food. And he looked at his arm as the sun threw light into the canyon and the arm was decomposing. As the blackness was coming up the arm. Who's, in, who's glad they're in church this morning? And he had a decision to make. Do I want to be free or do I want to stay trapped? Do I want to be free and cut my arm off? He'd already been wondering, how can I do that? There's bones in there. I've only got a pen knife. He described the pen knife as something you'd get for free with a $15 torch. It was not a good one. And then that morning, as he made the decision, he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to live any longer. But he had to do something. And he prayed. He'd been praying for five days. And that morning he had a vision. Actually, during the night, he had a vision of himself playing with a as yet unborn future child of his with just one arm. And he took that as a guide that I've got a future, I've got a hope. And he took that pen knife and he realized that the only way he could get through the bone was to lean forward and break the bones. It's beautiful, isn't it? Would anyone like some coffee or biscuits or anything? And then he was able to hack through the flesh. That's a beautiful image, isn't it, Annalise? Yeah. And he finally got through after four hours. He released his hand and he was freed. He put a, a, uh, he'd had a tube for drinking from in his backpack and he, tied up, he had tied a tourniquet around his hand to stop the bleeding. <clears throat> and then he had to get back 
down the rest of the mountain. Now this is, I don't know, nine, eight or nine metres maybe, this roof. You have to go down a 20 metre sheer cliff on using rope, using one hand. And then he had to keep walking back towards his car and on the way back he found a, a family or they found him and, he, and they raised the alarm. They got people out to help him. And as I said, later they went and they moved the boulder. They cremated his hand and uh, anyway, it's, you, you can see the movie 127 Hours. And uh, it's a really enjoyable movie, really light, light and fun. Great family fun. Walt Disney. You know, but there are people here today, we're talking about being unstuck, aren't we? We're talking about being unstuck. It's not natural for humans to be stuck. A lot of people have nightmares that involve being restricted and constricted, unable to move, you know, in tunnels or underwater or being held down, being constricted. And there's a lot of us who... Through no fault of our own, a boulder just rolled onto our life. It might have been when we were a child. It could have been when we were, uh, before we were born, that a, a parent was involved in something and it's just cast a shadow, a long shadow over the family. It could have been a broken marriage and as a child just taking the hit and being scarred by that and being trapped by it. God wants to lift that off you. And God can lift that off you anytime. God's into freedom. He's into freedom. And as we're talking about unstuck, the first type of being unstuck I'm talking about today is, is when there's some sort of oppression, some sort of weight that's weighing you down and you are unable to move. Maybe some people live with sorrow and a deep sense of uh, depression, mourning, anxiety, sadness, fear because they are held down by something that's beyond their own power. They're like a prisoner. Look here at Luke 11, 20 to 22. Jesus has been accused of casting demons out by the power of the devil. And he says this in response, part of his answer is this. If I'm casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For when a strong man is fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe. He's actually talking about the devil there. And his possession is us. Until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of his weapons and carries off his belongings. He's talking about him. Jesus is stronger than anything that's holding us down. That any, any trauma in our life, any past issue that's still harming us, still holding us, still darkening some part of us, Jesus is stronger than that thing. And uh, I want to encourage you to think about joining the Freedom Group, we, one of our groups that we do regularly. I think every term this year we're looking at doing the Freedom Group group we've already done it twice last year and it's the the sort of study that every single person we'd like every single person in our church to do it because all of us we can turn and face Jesus and start yes I repent that's what repenting means means I'm going the wrong way I'm doing my own thing and then repent means turning facing God and so I'm going to follow you we can do that and still have hold of baggage that we picked up when we were kids and we'd be taking that and struggling along, have a limp and, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. 
And Jesus, at some point, wants you to let go of that stuff. Some of it we can't let go. It's just stuck to us. Jesus is strong enough to remove that. And so we do this freedom group, and uh, we're getting great testimonies of people who, who found some amazing things that were holding them down, and they've been set free because Jesus came to set us free. It says Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one, to destroy the works of the devil. And the, and the devil wants to hold us down. If you're feeling trapped out of, by something out of your control, some sort of family secret maybe or some sort of, maybe there was crime, drugs, sexual sin in the past in uh, some distant time, even involvement with the occult. Actually, we've got Mike Connell, Pastor Mike Connell from New Zealand coming to our church in May and he's got a, a ministry, a spiritual ministry of releasing people from specific oppressions and issues. And so if you're sitting there thinking, well, no one can get rid of this one, uh, well, Jesus can. He can get rid of it today. And if you want to, you can wait until you, Mike Connell is here, who does this all around the world. He's ministering uh, all over the place, doing this uh, setting, helping to set people free in the name of Jesus. So that's the first thing I wanted you to consider this morning about being stuck. The second one, uh, a, a lady called Elizabeth, Elizabeth Smart, who's happily married with children now, when she was 14 year old, years old, a guy who'd done some handiwork for the family snuck into her bedroom in the middle of the night with a knife and forced her at knife point out of the home and kidnapped her. And, she, uh, and kept her as a prisoner. He, he was actually already married. He had a, another woman with him. And he kept her as his prisoner and terrified her, raped her. And she was so terrified and so harmed, so, so subdued by him, that uh, he got to the point where he could take his two ladies out in public with him. He asked that he made them put veils to cover their, just so their eyes were showing and have a veil over the hair, didn't know what hair color was, and you just see the eyes and cover the face with a veil. And he could take them out because this girl Elizabeth was so scared of what he might do if she tried to run, she tried to say anything. In fact, after, uh, I don't know, seven or eight months, I think it was, she was caught for nine months before she was released. He took her and his other woman to a library and they were sitting at a desk looking at maps and things trying to decide where they were going to move to as a group. And a police officer, they've been continually searching for this Elizabeth, although the guy who'd captured her said, no, they're not looking for you anymore. They've forgotten about you, they don't care about you, which she believed. A police officer came up to them in the library as a routine thing and said, uh, we're just looking for this young girl, she's 14, maybe 15, and she uh, looks like this. Have you seen anyone like that? Elizabeth was so terrified of what this guy would do to her and to everyone in the library that she didn't even speak up. And when the police officer said, can you just take your veil off for a minute? It's amazing, really, when you think about it. It's a true story. Can you just take your veil off so I can see your face? And the guy leaned across and said, no, it's against our religion to do that. And she just quietly took it all. She was this close to getting freedom. The only thing that stopped her was what she believed. And what she believed was a lie. He just fed so many lies into her that she lost sense of who she was, 
what she was supposed to be doing, where she's supposed to be going, and how freedom works. And the second level, of, the second area of freedom that I want to talk about today is, is truth and lies. And in this world, there's so many messages that we're hit with all the time. We've got to continually wade through lies and try and remember what's true. Try and hold on to what is true. The Bible says that the truth is powerful. It's powerful enough to set you free. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 25 to 26. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. And there came a time where uh, they were able to ID this girl and uh, she was walking down the street with her captor and his other girlfriend and someone came up and said, Elizabeth, come here with me. And she, she didn't know what to do, but, but this voice of authority said, come here, you're free. And they took down the guy and they, both he and his girlfriend were put in prison. He's going to be in there for life. She got out. A little bit, a little while later, uh, a little recently, after about eighteen years or something. Anyway, the truth sets us free. So it's very important that we know what the truth is. Jesus says, "If you base and build your life on my words, you won't have a problem when the storm comes. But if you don't build your life on the truth, when the storms come, you're going to be rattled. You're going to be shaken." In fact, everything you've built could be at risk and come crashing down. So it's very important that everything we, we believe is true. Because if we start to believe things that are not true, whether it's about our identity, about our future, about our potential, about God's will for us, about this life, then we can find ourselves getting into a constricted place where we're actually captive to something. And God is always saying, I want to set you free. I want to set you free. Jesus said, if you remain faithful to my teachings, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Truth changes the world. It's very important in our age where people are trying to rewrite history that we, we take hold of what is true because that's the solid ground. Everything else shifts. Here's some examples, uh, non-spiritual kind of examples that have changed our world. <clears throat> you can build fences, put animals inside, and then you can build a house and live there. Now we, that's amazing truth, right? Thousands of years ago, no one knew that truth. They thought you had to pick up your tent and your belongings or whatever you had and go and chase the animals on the other, to the other side of the country. And every day you'd be doing that. That's how you live. But the truth came and set them free. Gave people, gave us a whole lot of free time. Oh, wow, we can fence these, this herd in. Instead of the, the herd being free to go, we can build a fence, keep them in there, and whenever we want one, we just go and get one. And we can just live in here, and now we've got time to watch television. Actually, uh, all that free time hasn't necessarily been a blessing to to us, we just tend to fill it with a whole lot of entertainment, which is not necessarily true either. Here's another one. 
This is important for right now. Washing your hands will prevent illness, will help prevent illness. That, was, that, that truth came about because they noticed uh, in the 1800s that people who were operated on by interns were dying a lot more than people who were not operated on interns by interns. And they found that the interns were not washing their hands before they operated, whereas these people were. We make sure that all our interns wash their hands in the cafe, so don't worry. Here's another truth. You can build dams and control flooding. So you don't just have to get every year to the wet season and lift all the kids above your head while the flood comes through and wait for it to go down. You can control it. You can control the flow. Here's another truth that I learned that really helped me as a teacher. Children learn best when they're solving a problem. In fact, everybody learns best when we're solving a problem. And in fact, Jesus didn't like answering people. He liked asking a question that made them their head go, because he wanted to give them a problem which would help them find him and find the truth. Don't be afraid of problems. The best thing for kids. Dad on board. Great. Find a solution. Lies and truth. What lies do we believe? Here's a deeper, more spiritual truth that change, changes the world. Every individual is of equal value to Jesus, especially to God. As far as God's concerned, every one of us is equally of value to him as Jesus. Jesus says, if to, as, as you have given to the least of humanity, you've done it for me because they are equal to me. In my eyes, in my estimation, that's the value that God places on you. All of the, these spiritual truths are food for us. So when we're feeling down, when we're feeling under, we can start to get free by thinking about how much God loves us, how much he values us. I'm worth more to God than what I think. Another one, we have the power of free choice. We are not just controlled by fate. We're, and the, the, you know, there are scientists around the world right now trying to prove that all, you, all your decisions are just decided, pre-decided by the chemicals of your brain. But God says, no, choose. You have the, the power of cho- choice. Choose life. And God can't judge anybody unless they have the power to choose. And God says, well, I'm going to judge your choice. You have to take responsibility for your life. Because you have free choice. That's a powerful truth. Here's some that are personal to me. Uh, on a beach in DY back in 70 something, I looked up into the stars and I felt God say to me, I love you. I made you. You're my child. That one truth has carried me for 40 years. I can just feel it. When I just meditate on it, I get the same sense of God's presence as I did that first time because that truth has set me free. Another truth, my real home, my greatest possession, my most valuable asset is not on this planet. It's waiting for me in heaven, a relationship and a place, a home that lasts an awful lot longer than this place. That's a truth that changes the way we live. Have you got truths like that? All of us need to have personal truths out of the Bible and we say, wow, that, that changes everything. Oh, I've got that now. 
That is food for me. That sets me free. Here's one more truth. Two more truths. Yeah, one more truth. It's not about following rules. It's about loving and trusting God. That's a truth. We're not an Old Testament church in any way. The Old Testament's gone. It's gone. Pretend it never existed in terms of the way we live now. It's all about love and trust. It's not about sacrificing animals, following the Ten Commandments. Oh, we've got to remember all these rules. Oh, I didn't do the rule. I didn't follow the rule. No, it's not about that. Jesus says there's only one thing you have to worry about, and that's loving God with all your heart. And by the way, love other people as well. That's truth. You know, we can train a baby elephant to think that it can't move, starting off with a thick chain tied to a tree, and when it tries to walk, it can't move. It gets to the point where it stops trying. Now we put on a thinner chain into a smaller tree, and it notices that we've attached something, and again, it can't move. It gets to the point where you don't need a chain. You just go to a circus and you see a thin rope attached to a stake in the ground that the elephant could pull out. But he saw someone tie something to his foot. So he thinks, I can't move. And the devil wants to do that to each of us. He wants to convince you that you can't. You'll never. He won't. He won't answer that prayer. He doesn't. He doesn't love you as much as everybody else. It can't happen for you. Your life is not going to be that good. These are lies that hold us back. And Jesus wants to free us from those things. Elizabeth Smart was held down by a lie when she could have escaped. Melanie used to think she couldn't speak in public. When she was first asked to lead songs... In our church, she said, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm too shy. And that was not the truth. I married a quite shy lady for that reason. (laughs) But I got a pleasant surprise. What's the sort of things you believe about yourself? Oh, that didn't work, so I can't do that. Can't do that. I had a guy who lived around the corner from me in America. <coughs> Dwayne. And Dwayne, good old Dwayne, was a good old boy in Georgia, a rural country town. Dwayne was in a senior year with me, and he was doing senior year, year 12 for the second time. He still couldn't read. And... My host mother was teaching him to read. She was a teacher and she spent a lot of time every day helping him to read. And he just thought, oh, I'm just dumb. It took me, I went through 12 years of school and never learned to read. I just don't, I can't do it. I'm just stupid. He actually said things like that. And she was feeding him the truth. Because everybody in that area brought their motorbikes, their lawnmowers, their tractors to Dwayne's house for him to fix. And he fixed them. And then once he learned to read, he was able to do a few exams, pass them, get his qualification, and then he went and became an aircraft mechanic. And he rose up the ranks to become the head mechanic for Delta Airlines in Atlanta. 
I'm just so dumb. What can't you do? Because I'm not saying that you can do whatever you want. I've heard you sing. John, I've heard you sing. I'm not sure the voice is really for you. Although I love you, brother, and I respect you. But you have skills that we don't have. Thank goodness, or all the trams would be colliding all the time. So thank you for that. But you do have something. And, oh, God has nothing for me. No, he does. He does. We can say, God has something for me. Even if you start thinking like that, that truth needs to displace the lie, push those lies out. When we were in Foster once on a family holiday, we put in a, we took up a tinny, a little metal boat with an outboard motor on a trailer on the back of the Ford Falcon station wagon and we dropped it into a river there and we went and putt-putted our way down to Foster and got out and attacked by pelicans while we were eating our fish and chips for lunch. And, uh, and then we got back in the boat, went back, and the ramp was all busy. You know, if the concrete ramp is all busy, just be patient. Don't think that you can pull your boat out on that sandy, muddy bit or that muddy, sandy bit over there. There's a reason why no one else is over there. And we found out that reason. And we got the boat onto the tinny and then the car, we said, the car's sitting a bit lower in the, than it was before. Okay, well, let's go. And the wheels are spinning. Actually, I think the car overheated as well. We had to get the car fixed. There's smoke, steam coming out. No, it's going to be fine. In the end, we had to get someone with a proper more powerful car to pull us out because God has the power that's greater than whatever situation we're in. That reason we were in the mud and the sand there was not because of the devil. It was not because of lies. It was because of a bad choice. And another way we can be stuck in our life is when we make a bad choice. We choose something we think, I shouldn't have done that, but now I'm stuck. And if you're someone today and you're in that situation, then you need to call out to God and say, I need your power because I don't have the power. I don't have it, what it takes to pull myself out of this situation, but you do. Psalm 40 verse 2, he lifted me out of the pit of despair. He pulled me out of the miry clay. I've been there. And he set my feet upon solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They'll put their trust in the Lord. Now you may have decided not to put your faith in God. At this point, you may be someone who would not consider themselves to be a Christian. Or you may have been someone who's just never made a decision about it, which is actually a decision. Because it's choosing not to do anything about it. Can I encourage you to put your faith in the power that goes beyond the universe, the greatest power, more powerful than a 4x4 diesel Toyota something. Because he's got the power to pull you out out of that miry clay that will come. All of us will have a time where we're stuck in a clay because of our own decision. Especially if we're choosing to ignore God that's a straightaway pass to Mari Clay. 
right there. And Christian, I want to invite you today. Are you feeling that the devil is holding you down due to issues from your past? Jesus can remove that from your situation. Or maybe you've got some lies that have held you down. If you're stuck and you don't know why you're stuck, ask God why you're stuck. And he will reveal to you the issues that you need to deal with. It will become very clear to you. Just try it. God is in the business of removing things that are holding us back because his desire is always for his kids to be free. Or Christian, if you've made a bad choice in life and you're feeling it, you're sensing that there's been a break or a loss or a sense of no momentum, loss of momentum in your life due to a decision you've made. I want to encourage you that it's never too late. Jesus is in the business of taking what is broken and fixing it, taking what is lost and making it found. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.